going to do something a little bit different. Just keep on playing band. And, uh, a lot of the time, and even myself, sometimes when we come into church, into this environment, we um, keep standing, keep standing. If you can, don't sit down, keep standing. Just keep with me. You'll be sitting in a minute for a long time. But um, we come in with a lot of things. I know that people are ill here this morning. I know people have financial issues this morning. I know people have uh, family issues this morning. Um, people have issues that are dealing with addiction this morning. And sometimes you come to church and you were um and ahhing about whether to come to church or you've been a Christian for a long time so you know it's a thing to do. But sometimes those things really come in and as the as word is spoken, sometimes our mind is in other places. Our mind is, God, you know, Monday morning, that's where your mind is. Or at work on a, uh, you know, the boss or, you know, what's going to happen. You don't know whether you've had redundancies this week or, you know, what's going to happen. And so our mind sometimes doesn't allow us to take in the word of God because our mind's there. We, we can't hear it because we're just worried because we know that as soon as we leave this place, it's almost like back to reality in one sense. And I don't want to carry on and speaking when we have that in the way, because I want you to hear to the Word of God. I want it to cut to the heart. I want Him to be able to water it and to grow it. The thing for me is the fear that I have this morning, and I tell a lot of people, is it's a privilege to be able to stand before the church and speak like this. I don't take it lightly. Uh, it can be very heavy, not in a, a, a task-oriented way, but the, the burden of it, because I know that God wants to say something in a powerful way. And I don't want the people to walk in church and walk out wishing they had gone to B&Q because at least they had got something from church this morning. I don't want that. I want you to be able to walk out empowered and walk out to be able to face the situations when you walk out these doors, when you walk back through your home, when you walk back through uh, Monday morning to the job or not having a job, of looking for jobs, of dealing with your, with your relationships. So I'm not going to ask or put a, a certain thing on it or a category to it. But this morning, if you're here and you just know that you need God in your situation and to come in a way and just to feel that. And, you know, it's good to have people to stand with you through that. If we're all all right, we're all right. I can get on. It's not a problem. But again, I I want you to hear the word of God this morning. God's working in a way. He's working powerfully. He's set this up. But I just ask you just to come to the front, to stand at the front. And uh, we'll just pray. Somebody will just pray with you. Just as we sing this again. Um, I didn't plan this as such. But I feel it's necessary to do. So we can just hear a little bit from God this morning. Thank you. Hear from God. So we've just sing this once. I'm not going to labor on it. But just feel free to come and we'll just stand with you. We'll just pray with you. Because God's concerned about you, and as a church, we're concerned if you're concerned. Okay? To sing, stand, don't miss it today. <laughs> I'll say this I remember being in a church not far from here, and the Sunday morning it was kicking off. The Sunday service had gone through, we kind of got to the end of uh, where we could come and sing our last song you know the thing before we know we have to leave and the presence of God just hit but because of time scale and because of we need to get home or we need to get out it's not like here we owned our building <laughs> we didn't you know we wouldn't pay extra for it and we just shut up shop and went home and when the church was clear I had left my bag in the sound booth which is at the back of the church and I said to Joanne, I'm just going to get my bag. And I walked up, and it was a bit like this, a bit like a stage. And I got into the sound bus, and I looked. And I had this vision of Jesus sitting there, weeping upon the stage that he was. Because he was saying this, I have just turned up. You've been asking me for an hour and a half to turn up, and you've gone home when I'm ready to speak. And I wept. And I was grieved because sometimes that's how we, we come in, we, we ask him to come, 
and then he's just about to say something and we leave. I don't want you to miss that opportunity today. I need you to meet with God today. I need to meet with God today. Just sing this in just uh, one verse and we'll pray. Come, guys, you know you are. If you're spirit filled, just feel free to pray in the spirit right now. It's okay. It's allowed. Father, we just thank you that you're in this place and you're in the business of meeting people and setting people free. We thank you that you send the Holy Spirit to us to minister to us. We thank you that he's our counselor, that he guides us, that he gives us wisdom, that he gives us understanding and he gives us knowledge. And we just ask right now, Father, that as for this few minutes that we have left, Father, that he'll open my ears, the people's ears, to hear what you have to say. Lord, and to encourage. Lord, and to bring life and to bring freedom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Carry on. If you're still ministering, that's fine. You can take your seats. Amen. You're going to be getting a cut-down version. Something that you, sometimes when you don't see me here with Joanne, I'm not in bed at home or watching reruns or something on TV, um, I go, I go out and I, and I minister, um, go and do worship in different places in many different churches. And something that, if I, if I'm honest with you, the people that have come with me go, they go, Marcus, why, what is it that happens when you're not here? And you're out there, you flow in a different way. And it was a question, I remember, on a long two-hour journey that I had to think about. What is it that, that makes you flow a certain way in another situation, and in another situation, you're, you're different? So today, I'm flowing in the way that I would flow when I'm away. Because sometimes, you know, I realize it says God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and sound mind. And I'm not scared of you anymore. <laughs> I'm not scared of you. Sometimes it can be kind of, oh, don't know I have to do this, but I'm not scared of you anymore. I won't tell you about my visualized technique, but I'll leave that to your own mind. It's okay. Okay, so we're looking at Acts 8, and I will go through Acts 8 very quickly today. Um, Ken apart from starting some lawsuits last week, um, he went over Acts 7, I believe, got to the point where uh, Stephen died. He was stoned to death. So we're coming to Acts 8. And these are my notes. So I did plan. It wasn't like I had nothing to say and I was just getting you to pray. Okay? Um, But I will will go through what I need to do. One of the things that I want to get to you today is that God leads us and I'll, I'll read from here. God leads us through His Spirit, through His Spirit, through different situations and different times. And He gives us the knowledge, and He gives us the wisdom, and He gives us the, the the understanding of how to complete what He wants us to do. Okay, in everything that we do. And if we come down, I want to show you today quickly that God leads us into something. He leads His Spirit leads us from something, and that He keeps us from something sometimes. Okay? 
So let's get to Acts 8. We've got it here, okay? I'll read. I didn't put the version on, but hey, it's in the Bible. Check it. Um, it says, Acts 8, the church persecuted and scattered. This was after Stephen died. It says, on that great day, persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. I will put new things in, new names and stuff, because I can't read certain names. So it'd be like Alex and Ben and all that kind of stuff, okay? So um, through Judea and Samaria, godly, godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men, women, and children, um, both men and women, and put them in prison. I will not go further because um, Pete's got that next week, so I'll, I'll leave that for him, so I don't want to go there. But if you just want to put it this way, families were broke up and messed up. Simple as that. Okay? Philip in Samaria, verse 4. Okay? Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many. I won't go there with that, but I've been there. And not shrieking, but hey. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. And we, we look that, if you want words, words, if you put it into modern day TV, um, in, in modern day context, it's almost like Philip was a, a revival. Things were happening, cities were changing, um, you know, p- things were happening, families were being restored. I mean, his names were in lights. That, that's, that's how it was going to go. He had a contract with God TV. He was getting very good money. He got all the televangelists to do his uh, offering. He was wealthy. Okay? That is the kind of scenario what was happening in, in Samaria. People were getting saved. Families were happening, uh, families were getting restored. Okay? And we jumped down, I'm not gonna use the next bit. It talks about the sorcerer Simon, somebody like Darren Brown, and what's the guy? David Blaine. He kind of met a guy like him who was really lighting it up in the scene, and he got saved, but I don't wanna go there, but you read that for you at home and see what happened there. I'll give you some homework to do. Okay? So, I need to stop saying okay. Um, so I'll leave that bit out. If we jump down to Philip and the Ethiopian, okay? Because this is where I really want to just pick some points out, pick some things uh, quickly before we, we carry on. Philip and the Ethiopian. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, so he's in a revival, so it's going down well, it's going really well for him. So now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road. It's just ringing a little bit. Can you just take that? Thank you. Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury. Okay. He met, on this road, George Osborne. That is basically who he met. Is is George Osborne not head of our treasury? He looks after things like that. Yeah, so he met him. So just keep that in your head. George Osborne, okay? I'm sorry. I know they're Mike Bears and we'll pray for you after, but just keep that in your head, okay, for you. So, which was basically, um, the, uh, he was like the Queen's Treasury of Ethiopia. The man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading a book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to the chariot and stay near. Then Philip, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. The man said, how can I? He said, unless somebody explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. I won't go through the, through the passage, but let, let's just get this. If I was in London and, um, I'm doing the museums and I'm doing all that. Or, you know, I've had a church meeting somewhere and it's gone well. I've been invited back. That means it's gone well. Um, and, uh, and I'm making my way to the tube. And God says to me, no, don't go Tottenham Court Road. Go, just go to the next station up. And I go, why would I want to do that? I want to get on here. But, okay, so I'll go up a bit further to the, where he's sending me. 
So as I'm standing there, George Osborne pulls up in his car at a set of lights. Right? It happens, I'm sure. Right? Set of lights. And God says, Marcus, <laughs> Marcus, go and draw near to the car. Looking like I do, and people wonder what I am. I've said this before. Am I Asian? Am I Jew? Am I Greek? Am I, what am I? But looking like I am, I don't think I might not get near that car. Somehow. If I do get near the car, I could be in Cuba for a while wearing orange. Okay? If you, if you think about it, uh, he's asking me to draw near to George Osborne's car with all his security and with all his police. And then his window's down. So I've got to the car, haven't been arrested, and I've got there. First of all, the, op- the option... I would be thinking, because what it say here, says in verse, it goes, when he went down to, uh, in verse 26, so he started out. I wouldn't have started out. There would be questions in our mind about why do I need, who am I? You know? I'm, who am I to speak to this man? Who am I to go and speak to the treasury of, uh, of the United Kingdom? So the question I'd probably pose is, would you have started out, even though God had told you to? If you say yes, I believe some of you, some of you were lying. So we're about 50-50. Okay? So, not, so he, he drew near, it said he drew near to the car. Um, let's go. It says, go to the chariot and stay near. So I'm by the car. I'm just loitering, basically, by George Osborne's car. Okay? Then it says this. It says, go to the chariot and stay near. Then Philip ran. I would not run near that car because I would definitely be shot. Can you see me running towards George Osborne's car? It would be on CNN, all the news, everywhere like that. But he ran. So he ran to this because you've got to think, if this guy's a treasure, he probably would have had guards or people because that's who he was. Okay? So he ran to the car. Don't look at me running, but yeah. Run to the car. So he ran to the chariot and he heard him reading the scripture, so it must have been. So you think of George Osborne in a car with a Bible, with his window down because it's sunny outside, the air conditioning's broke, and he's reading this scripture. And then I have the nerve, the nerve to be able to go to this man and go, what you're reading? Me, George Osborne, what you're reading? And then he says this, and to me it's in an Arsene Wenger, Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast kind of voice, that's how I read this. He said to the, this is just my mind, it works like this, sorry. It says like this, uh, forgive me. Um, it says, how can I, and how can I? He asked if he understands what He goes, how can I, he said, unless somebody explains it to me. So, he asked the question, which many wouldn't have asked. We would say, God send somebody else a bit better or a bit more special. And uh, he, he asked the question and then, because he's asked that question, he's following the Spirit all the way through. He's gone, firstly. He's listened to God. He's drawn near. Then he's run to the place. He's heard. And he's asked the question. And now he is invited to sit, to be with this man in the chariot. He read the passage of Scripture, which was Isaiah, and uh, talked about Jesus. And if we, we just move down to 34... The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with the very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is the water. What what can stand in the way of me being baptized? I just want to stop there. So I've met George Osborne, his car's pulled up, I've gone, I've listened to God, I've heard him read the scripture, I've asked him a question about the scripture, thank God I knew the answer. I've got into his car, and we're driving off now, somewhere, and uh, I've explained, we've gone round a few places, and I don't know London that well, apart from on the underground. And uh, we've done a few and we've let's go, we've gone past High Park. For you Londoners, I don't know if there's a pond in High Park, but I'm embellishing it. Alright? So uh, a little bit. So there's a there, there's a lake somewhere in one of the parks in London. Okay? And or the fountain in the middle of outside the Queen, we could out Buckingham Palace. And he goes to me, he goes, Thank you for explaining me, I get it, uh, I want to follow Jesus. 
and I want to be baptised. What's stopping me from being baptised? How many of you would go, yeah, no problem, let's just pull the car out here, and I'm just going to baptise George Osborne in the Queen, outside the Queen's Palace where they throw the money in. How many would have done that? Right, just me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I probably wouldn't have either. Okay. So, what can stand in the way of me being baptised? I know what you would have said. This is what I would have said. And, you know, being a salesman, in, in one sense, this is what I, I said. Listen, we have protocol here. We've got a three-week course uh, for baptism. And uh, you're not yet a member of the church or, you know, come on, you just got saved. Uh, put away some chairs first. Uh, we're going to... We're going to also, George, listen, we want you to invite your friends and family, you know, we want, you know, Cameron to come, that would really boost the numbers in our church, and uh, we've got some great invites for you, and we're going to do it in six months' time, okay? How many of you would have tried that story or something like that? We probably would have gone there, I would have gone there, you know, would have tried to get out from this, because this is not only embarrassing, this is more embarrassing for me than it is for him, because he's grabbed the reality of who God is. And when you grab the reality of who God is, you're not embarrassed anymore about anything because you know what he's done for you. Some of you are sitting here today that God's taken you from a situation and you can stand. I ain't embarrassed about raising my hands. I ain't embarrassed about talking about my faith because you know in your heart what God's done for you. Okay? So he knows what God can be baptized now. We go, wait for a while. Let's invite people and make an evangelistic thing out of it. Okay? So here we go. Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water of Philip, uh, and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. Now that is crazy. That is like, that's on another level. Stargates in the Bible, trust me. Okay. Some people would really believe that I don't, okay? I don't. Before they let us fly. Steve, come back. Um, but, you know, that is quite amazing. What did that do? Philip went, as they came out the water, the Spirit of God took Philip away. And he took Philip, he carried on, he took Philip to another town where he preached and he carried on. Now, I look at the guy from Ethiopia and I haven't done it. I'm not a man who does facts, figures, background checks. That is Steve, and that is Pete. He does all that. Pete's really good. Ask Pete about this afterwards. But I suggest, <laughs> I suggest that the, the guy from Ethiopia probably went back to Ethiopia and probably told other people, told the palace, told the, his friends, told the people that was under, under him. So George, George Osborne goes back to Westminster. Uh, he's due in a, in a prime minister's question thing, but he's telling everybody about God. He, uh, he tells everybody about what's happening and people start getting saved. I reckon that is probably what happened. But again, ask Pete if that really happened. But I reckon that could have happened. Okay? <laughs> okay? So, I just want to know that he, Paul, Philip could have gone to Ethiopia. God, if God took him to this place and made him vanish, um, you know, in the spirit, and he went. I know that Philip probably could have gone to Ethiopia with a tent mission or with something, you know, to the villages and to the places. But it's amazing how his obedience set him up to speak to this pretty much the second in command of Ethiopia. He didn't need to go and do that. God set him up because he listened and he went. I question what would have happened if not. I know God's a big God, he can set other things up. But I just wonder what would have happened with, if he didn't have his obedience, if he wasn't tuning into what the Spirit of God was doing, doing there. I just wonder, you've got George Osborne in your head, but that's good. And it says, that the, the verse at the end, it says, he went away rejoicing. He was happy. So we've gone from Philip in a town where there was joy in the city. God's called him away from the town, to, from this revival. He's put him into this place. And now he's with just one person. He had the crowds, and now he's just got the one. Okay? But again, the one went away rejoicing. The same thing happens when the Spirit of God is involved. There is some rejoicing to be happening. Amen? Okay. Warm you up a little bit. And I just want to show you a little bit, and I'm going to go really quickly, and um, 
10 minutes, yeah? 10? I'm pushing 10, cool, brilliant. I'll go through this quick. I said to Pete, I said, Pete, I need two weeks. I said, seriously, I, I need two weeks. But he didn't believe me, I bet, but I mean... So uh, I'm just going to get to this bit. I believe when we when we tap into the things of God and we tap into the Spirit of God, um, I'll get to this later, even Jesus himself needed the Holy Spirit. And he was the Son of God. So therefore, how much more do we need that? And you can see that in, in Luke. And I'll, if I get there, I'll get there. But I just wanted to throw that in. Okay? But let's have a look at some of the things of what the Spirit of God can do. Um, and then we'll pray and just leave it open. It's amazing. Have you ever been to a prayer conference and never prayed? Have you ever been to those? I've been to those. Uh, you know, we talk about prayer and it's great. And when we're going to pray, we ain't going to pray. We're just going to talk. <laughs> Have you? Been, I've been to those. Gosh, man, what kind of conference? You've probably never been to a prayer conference. I've been to many. Being mixed race, I've been to some man that would just my hair went because of some of them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, seriously, it's just like wow. Some are good, some bad, and some are very ugly. But. You know, going to, so this is why today I want to talk about this and then we'll just leave some room for the Holy Spirit to just do his thing. Is that okay? Because at the end of the day, I can speak as much as I want, but at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit can do it in all of a sudden. Amen? Okay. Thank you. She's got it. She's getting it. I will turn you guys yet. I will get some culture in you yet. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I just love to laugh. I, I, I like, I like it, I like it. Okay, so let's see. What can the Holy Spirit do for me? Some of the things He can do. I want to show you quickly, and I will speak. I have ADHD, I'm dyslexic, really dyslexic, and uh, I don't like reading so much. And so my mind is always so. I don't know what we'll give out afterwards, but maybe Valium or something like that. But just stay with me through this, okay? I will, I will, I'll be quick. Listen back to the podcast. I'm slow, okay. Okay, anyway, let's get here. What can the Holy Spirit uh, do for me? I just want to say that he can strengthen you, that he's interested in every detail of your life. He's interested in your career. He's interested in your work. He's interested in your family, how you parent, how you don't parent. I'm like that sometimes, how you parent, how you don't parent. He's interested in your relationships, if you're dating, if you're courting. He's interested in your work relationships, your, your neighborhood. He's interested in our community, and he's interested in our nation. Amen? He's interested. Okay, so I just want to show you a couple of things that God can do um, through the Holy Spirit. He strengthens this. If we go to Judges 4.16, I just want to show you something here. Marcus, while you're going Old Testament, I just want to show you that the Spirit of God has been around for a very long time. Maybe it's been in different forms and in different ways, but if you read Genesis 1, it said it was hovering over the earth. So it's been here for a while, okay, but just in different ways. So we go to Samson, built like me, okay? Samson went down to Tamara, easy, uh, with his father and mother. When he got to the vineyards of Tamara, I will pronounce things wrong, but just go for it. A young lion came out of him roaring. The spirit of God, what did it say? The spirit of what? Okay, we're getting there. Come on him powerfully, and he ripped it open barehanded, like tearing a young goat. I've never ripped a lion in half let alone tear the young goat. I can't even do a yellow pages and they got smaller. <laughs> right? So I, to me, this is a bit. But with the Spirit of God, let's say, the Spirit of God came on him powerfully that he was able to rip... The, I would have loved to have seen it. That's one question. Men, when we get to heaven, if I forget, you ask God, can we see that, can we see that YouTube clip of that happening? You know, or, or just give me the goat. I want to see the goat, how he does that. But anyway, uh, but he didn't tell his parents what he had done. I wouldn't either. Then, then, then we move down. It says, then the Spirit of God came powerfully on him. This is a bit later on. What he had done, he had, uh, he had made a, basically a, a, a lot of wages. He'd give riddles. He was into riddles and stuff like that. And uh, basically, he needed to pay these guys for getting it. So uh, it says, the Spirit of God came on him again. Right? And he went down to this other place, Kettering. And he killed 30 of their... He killed 30 of their men, stripped them, and gave their clothing to those who had solved his riddle. Who would like the Spirit of God for that? Ah, That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? You know, they nicked him. You know, in Jamaica, one of the things we used to see sometimes is kids without any socks on when they come to school or after school. That means they'd have... It's not because they were poor. They had their trainers nicked on the way to school or back. People would go, I like those trainers. And you go, you would go, oh, thank you very much. What they mean is, I like those trainers. I want those trainers. 
And so you, this is what Samson did to these guys. He, he went and got all their Adidas superstar gear, you know, and, and everything, and took it back because the Spirit of God had come upon him. I think, you think, but the Spirit of God doing that, not very good, is it? But here we go. As we know some of Samson's story, he messed up, he failed, he allowed the flesh to get hold of him. But then it says, and I haven't got it here, but if you read, it, it talks about one last ditch effort when they were, gonna, they were making fools of him, basically. Making fools of God. And he asked God to strengthen him just one last time. Even after all the failure, even in his chains, even in the, the doubt of his mind of what was going on, he asked God to strengthen him one more time. And he did. And the story goes, and it, it carries on, it's probably behind me, it talks about that he actually killed more people in that one act than he had through his whole life. So the Spirit of God can strengthen you to do amazing things. But we don't have any lines and don't try it as a zoo. But God can strengthen you. I want to give you, so I talked about him strengthening you. I want to talk about him, that he's really detailed in everything of your life that he wants to be. If we go to, um, he gives strength, the Holy Spirit gives comfort, he gives insight, and he's there to meet your practical needs. I am not practical, I'm not great at DIY. Um, I'll tell you this story. A couple of weeks ago, I needed to fix a toilet, right? We rent our property. I should really call my landlord and get him to fix the toilet. But I looked at a YouTube clip. <laughs> I looked at this YouTube clip and I said to Joe, I went, Joe, this is easy. This is easy. So I went down to, to, to one of the good homeware establishments, just in case we get infringement. And uh, I bought this. It was like one of those flushes, you know, where it only flushes a little bit. You know, that kind of thing. And I was like, you know, cool. Installed it. It was easy. The video was great. Steve, it, Steve probably could have got back to New York and back by the time I did it. Because I didn't have the right tools. I used a bread knife. <laughs> I did. I used a bread knife because the bolt, I couldn't get my hand behind this bolt. And I'm like, this bolt doesn't work. And Pro came over and goes, what you need is a plumber's tool. I have ne- Who's heard of a plumber's tool here? Anybody? It's not just me, Joanne. It's not just me. There was no plumber's tool. And he went, okay, bring this plumber's tool. And he was like, anybody a plumber here? Anybody into plumbing? Yeah, Brian? No? Okay, I'll talk to me after and give me your rate. But um, I, I got this plumber's tool, but it still wouldn't fit. You know, I was cursing the people that put it in. They didn't give me enough space to get the tool in. So uh, the next day, Joe has, have you finished yet? And you know that look that wife gives you sometimes, men, that, why did you start this? You said it was an, it was an easy job. On YouTube, it was easy. And uh, the next day, I gave up. She goes, call the landlord people. And I'm like, no, this is a mission. This, I want to get this off. So I called somebody else for backup. He's not here today. And he came over, he had a look, and he assured me that it wasn't me. I think he was just being nice. Uh, and then we went back to the bread knife and cut it off. And uh, because the tools just won't work, so, you know, the bread knife worked. And uh, I believe it's still not working at this moment in time. I got the new part in, but I can't screw it up. But it's <laughs> but the, the fact of the matter is, you know, we, we see things sometimes. And, you know, for, for me, having the right tools for the job really come in handy and having the know-how and having the understanding. So I just want to show you quickly here, last point, and then we'll close, okay? Here we go. So um, Exodus 31, I really do want you to go and read some of this stuff and just see what God does. I can't go all the way through it because there's a lot, but I just want you to see. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses. This is the artisan's building the tabernacle. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I've called Bez, not from Happy Mondays, and the son of Uri, and the son of Hur, and the tribe of Jude, from the tribe of Judah. And I have filled them with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in under, and in brilliant, and in the manner of workmanship to design artistic works. To work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels, for setting, in carving wood, in the wood, uh, and to work in the manner of all work workmanship. And I have indeed, I have appointed them with Alan, the son of Alistair, 
to the tribe of Dan. It's in the Bible, honestly. Okay? The tribe of Dan. Um, and I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans, that they may make all that I have commanded you. And then it lists, and I'm not going to list, but it, it, in detail it lists about what the tabernacle, how to make things, how to do things. Then they screwed up, right? So the God has given this to, to Moses and put the Spirit of God. Then if you read the next of the Exodus, this is where uh, Charles Heston comes down and the golden calf's there, okay? So this happens then. Moses has to go, I told you I'm working quick. Moses has to go back up the hill after a while and spend time with God. But in Exodus 35, if you, you don't have to turn there, but you get there, you, you see later after the children of Israel messed up, God doesn't change his plan, which is quite interesting. God never says, actually, you know what? You screwed up. You messed up. I'm going to get somebody else to do it. I'm not gonna, or I'm not going to do it anymore. But later on, he keeps on going. He goes here again in Exodus 35. And Mo, after coming down the second time with the tablets, okay? And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called him Beth, the son of Uri and Hur, the tribe of Judah, and he has filled them with, his, with the spirit of God and wisdom, understanding and in knowledge. And, and it goes on with what it does. It goes on even to engraving. And I want to say, if God has to fill you with the spirit of God to know how to engrave... Now, to cut wood, I really needed God the other day doing that toilet. But if he gives you this detail and the Spirit of God comes up, how important is that to how he's interested in your business? He's interested to how you work. He's interested to every detail of your life, whether it's work, whether it's home. And if the Spirit of God, sometimes we sit here and we we get to to the end of ourselves, really, and go, God, how on earth are we going to get over this? How are we doing it? Just call on the Spirit of God. It'll give you, what, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Okay, move quick. Here we go. Read 1 Chronicles 28. The same thing with the temple, okay? I know some of you can take this, some of you can't. You need to rest afterwards and asleep, but it's okay. Um, if you go to 1 Chronicles 28, you see the same thing with David and Solomon. David, God had downloaded the blueprints of everything into God, into David. Obviously, he didn't build it, but he passed it on to his son. Every detail, if you have a look at that, that God said, and it says in uh, uh, Chronicles 28, 19, it says, All this, David said, I have in writing as a result of the Lord handed me, and he enabled me to understand all the details of the plan. David also said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with me. If God gives me the blueprint or gives you the blueprint for something, you don't need to be afraid because he's got it sorted. He's got it into control. He is setting you up. For the next thing. Uh, over the last couple of weeks in our church, we've seen God do amazing things in people's work life and people's family life. Um, you know, how, how God's just all of a sudden just changed things and they're in different careers or working somewhere else or their sons uh, uh, come home or, or their daughters have come home or, you know, circumstances. Families have got saved. It's amazing what God can do because he's interested in the detail of you. We see again when Genesis 41 with Joseph, how Joseph was set up. It says, Pharaoh said, and I'm coming down here, Genesis 41, and uh, we know about the story. We sang the musical. We've seen it. Philip Schofield, yeah? yeah. Philip Schofield is in it. Brilliant. Okay. And he's not really Joseph, Philip Schofield, but um, it says, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh. Um, Pharaoh had a dream uh, about seven cows, fat cows, skinny cows, land, famine, Okay. <laughs> this is paraphrase. Okay, land famine, and uh, they're in trouble now. They don't know what they don't know what to do. Okay, so Moses, um, Joseph had been in prison. He's uh, told two people of their outcomes. One died. One one be, got restored to what he used to do. And Pharaoh had this dream, and nobody could tell him what was happening. So Joseph sitting in prison there, and it says this. Okay. He's gone to Pharaoh, the cupbearer uh, cup has told Pharaoh after all these years, oh yeah, there's a bloke in prison, he might be able to help you, called Dave. Um, the, it says, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and all his officials. This is once uh, Joseph had told him about what it was. Can we find anyone like this man with one whom the Spirit of God is in? And Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made you, uh, all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and so wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater in you. Because of the Spirit of God, within a moment, within a sudden, he's gone from 
prisoner to prime minister, that would never happen, really, in one sense. But with the Spirit of God, look where, where he's gone. He's gone from prison to standing before Pharaoh before looking after the land because God, the Spirit of God was in him. Even people who aren't saved can tell that something's in you. Seriously. People who are not saved, you just go, what, what's, what's different about you? This side, that side. But people know that the Spirit of God is in you. You know, when they go, where people talk to you, come up and talk to you, or they open up about things. I've been in job centers where a woman's opened up about her whole life. Sitting in the job center, even in the job center, Spirit of God can be with you. Opened up her whole life about, she, she never goes out for six months. She's just on cancer treatment. She's, uh, she doesn't know what to do, and she's crying there in the thing. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I just came to sign on. I was late. But people know there's something different about you. Know that people are watching. If the Spirit of God is in you, there is something different about you. It just it just comes naturally. You don't need to work at it. Okay, won't get to there. I'm on, I'm on. I'm, I'm, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. Okay. Two minutes, yeah, thanks. Go on. Ooh. Okay. I just want to show you something here. This is where I'll end. Yeah. Amen. Say amen, people. Amen. Don't worry, we're going to have a coffee break and we're going to come back. No. <laughs> we're going to come back. But here we go. In, um, okay. Mm. Uh, sorry, my mind's working and I, I just want to get into you what I feel just will leave you to be able to then work on something. Um, two things, read Luke 2 when you get home and look about how the, how the Spirit of God moved on Simeon who uh, was a priest who was waiting for the second coming and, and the Holy Spirit and God told him he wouldn't die until he, saw, until he saw Jesus and look what happened when we don't know what he was doing but one time he was moved to go into the temple and believe it or not at that time that's when Mary and Joseph presented Jesus into the temple so just read that and, and just move on that. Sometimes you need to move to do something, the Spirit of God. But here we go. I didn't even put the scripture. I think it's John. Anyway, it's in the Bible, okay? Uh, this is what happens when you're dyslexic. You miss things out sometimes and uh, it's up to you. But I, I want to read this because this is where I want to leave you, okay? You with me? Yeah, just... Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you love me, keep my commands. The slide should be up there. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. All this I've spoken while I'm still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That word advocate, some of you are lawyers here, some of you have studied Latin, some of you have done that, okay? But I just want to give you what advocate means in the thesaurus, okay? And, or some of the things to be, you know, God's saying he's going to send somebody who's going to publicly support you. God sends he's going to send somebody who's going to uphold you. He's a supporter, he's a backer, he's a promoter. He's a protector, he's a patron, he's a spokesperson for, he's a speaker for, he's a campaigner for, he's a fighter for, he's a, he's, he battles for you. And he's, I like this one, he's a booster. It's pretty cool. He boosts you. Sometimes when I need a boosting, I just get, play my keyboard and I feel boosted. Okay? Also, this is where we get advocate for as well. Some of you, you uh, people who work in the justice system will know this. Uh, a, a professional pleader in court for justice. Okay, a, a counsellor, the Holy Spirit. Everybody knows that the Holy Spirit is known as a counsellor as well. We all would need wise counsel at times. The, you know, you, do, you know, relates good and all these places are good, but it's amazing what the Holy Spirit can counsel you in within a second, within your life. Okay, let's stand. I want you. Let's just stand. I want you to read, when you go home, Romans 8, please read it. I, I would wish I had time to break this down for you, amazing things. But Romans 8, but read it in the message version. I, I read that because it's just easier for me to understand, okay? But read it in the Romans 8 in the, in the message. In the message. Proverbs 13 says this. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick, 
but a sudden good break can turn your life around. I'll read that again. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn your life around. When we ignore the Holy Spirit, there's a little difference. If Mike wants to come back and the, the guys, that's fine. Okay? Um, and set, set up, do that. It says here, when we ignore the Holy Spirit, there's a little difference between the way that we live our lives as an, um, there's a, let me read that again. When we ignore the Holy Spirit, there's a little difference between the way we live our lives and non-believers who live their lives disconnected and independent from God. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. That's in Corinthians 2.14. Our objective is to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Ask God to teach you to hear his still small voice and to be sensitive to the prompting from the Spirit that he placed inside of you. Then believe the truth and he will guide you through the decisions and details of your life. As you learn to walk in the Spirit, we will, we will never ask you to do, the Spirit will never ask you to do anything that violates his word. Prompting from the Holy Spirit will always line up with the Bible. However, they may not line up in your church, in your churchianity, traditions or preconceived notions. I just want you for the next week to keep a list of all the things you sense the Holy Spirit prompting in you. This will help you to learn and be sensitive to the Spirit, but it will always strengthen you, your resolve to be obedient to God's guidance and to live his constant loving interest in the details of your life. And what it will bur- and what if you blow it? Remember God's grace. If you misunderstand the Holy Spirit's prompting or disobey it, then confess your failure to God. He is faithful to forgive, 1 John 1 9. Fall on his grace and remember that you are in the school of Christ. He knows your learning. He sent his Holy Spirit to teach you. If you just bring up the slide of fail on me. Sometimes, and I talked about myself, we're here, and I'm standing here, and I speak to myself. And, and this is, I'm saying this to myself. But sometimes we fail in our marriage. We fail in fatherhood. We fail in motherhood. We fail in brotherhood. We fail in sisterhood. We fail in friendships, in our finances, in our career, in our education, in our ministry, in our health, and in our faith. We all fail at some point with that. But the key thing, if we go to the next slide, please. And I just saw this, and it might work, it might not. But this I, the bit that's disconnected from God, is us. God is at the root, he's our anchor. And it's the Holy Spirit that will reconnect us. If we put the Holy Spirit back in, take our metaphoric pens and draw a line. If we just go to the next one. Next one. We fall. And today, if you failed, you need to fall. We need to fall into his grace. We need to fall into his mercy. We need to fall into his arms of love. And most of all, we need to be filled by his spirit again. Let's bow your heads and we'll pray. And I'll let Pete do whatever he wants. I would love to... All right, we can, we can do this. Some of you, to some of you that might be alien. It might be, let me do this. On your kids, the Holy Spirit works, you know. I'm talking about in families and in everyday life. I I was clearing my desk and ripping things up as I was preparing this and I found uh, this thing. And it's from, um, from my little daughter. And it was from Mother's Day. I think you did something for Mother's Day, the kids. And I read this and I thought, wow, even if the Holy Spirit can use a eight-year-old, I think she's eight, she got five, so I do forget. It says this, it says, this is what my, my daughter wrote to Joanne, my wife. Lord Jesus, help her to have a very good Mother's Day and put your hands around her and pray that she has a great life and that she has nothing to worry about on her birthday or anything like that and not stressing. Out today stressing out today and just send the Holy Spirit she's put Holly 
but send the Holy Spirit and make her safe and full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm not lying. You can look at that. Even an eight-year-old girl knows that we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if there's people here and I'll just give this and I'll hand it back, but I I don't want to miss on something. Some of you might have never encountered the Holy Spirit in your life and you're wondering why I can't move on, why I can't do anything. But the disciples prayed for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They laid hands on people and prayed for the Holy Spirit. And we'd do that today and then Pete could do what he wants. So I don't know if there's people here that have never been prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you are, this is your opportunity. And um, I know that kids have come back in and that's fine and we can pray for kids. But if you have a kid and, and, and a child and that's you, we are friendly people. Just dump the kid on somebody. It's all right. And just come. So just come now. If you're there, I haven't got time because I know we've got to go and I'm over. But if you need the Holy Spirit, if you've never been prayed for, baptism in the Holy Spirit, or you want somebody to pray with you to... To, to be filled again in the sense of just stand with you to refresh you and do that. We are more hope, you know, want to do that. Because when you leave this today, I don't know what you're facing and I don't know what you got on. And you might have failed, like I said, but you need the power to help you to fall to your knees. I miss that. We need to fall to our knees. But you need his spirit to give you empowerment for everything you're facing. Church, I just thank you for listening to me. I thank you for your patience and I thank you for um, just just get, helping me get through. So if that's you now, just come. I, you guys, I'll just allow you and I'll pray for you and whoever the prayer team is, we'll pray for you. And we just want to stand with you because we just want to see you really function and moving in God. And this week could be all of that sudden moment. All of a sudden, something clicks through you. He will give you what? Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Holy Spirit will give you knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. It's the same. Just do what you got to do.